Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Waves of Change. I'm Dr. Man Kitley. I'm here with my good friend, colleague, Diana Chu, and both Diana and myself are therapists here in San Francisco. Um, Diana, how are you doing today? Oh my God, that's a that's a really heavy、uh, question. It's been it's been a very tough week, like from the last time we 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 chat till now. It has, and Diana showed me some pictures.、Um, Of some police activities, a, a group, big group of police officers、uh, near where she live, and was very frightening. And I, I got, I got scared. So yes, this week、yeah. our country is on fire, literally.、Mm-hmm. And and I think today、um, I want to talk about a very challenging issue, and that is how Asian Americans、um, contribute to white supremacy.、Mm. Yeah. yeah, touchy subject. It's very punchy and touchy, and this is this is actually why we're doing this because we want to talk to, about those hard topics. And it came、mm-hmm. to my attention about、um, about this because、uh, to、uh, George Floyd's death,、um, mm-hmm. there is an, an Asian officer there, and there is a, a very poignant picture where the officer, Asian officer, was kind of like standing guard. As、mm-hmm. the white officer was kneeling on George's neck and killing him, so that scenario, that picture, really kind of frames what I want to talk about today. You, you don't talk about Diana. Have you seen that picture? Yeah, I know what you're talking about.、Um, I, I'm trying to see what's the name of the Asian American, but、um, I think、uh, I think like with people who have.、Uh, Read on that case、uh, would have known who we are talking about.、Um, is it Tao? I forgot. I'm looking、okay. it up right now. Yeah, I am going to look it. It's a it's Tao Thao. Yeah, But, Tao yeah. Thao. Tha- police officer Tao Thao. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's a it's it's like oh how does like make us think this is like literally.、Um, An Asian American, which is a, like a like we are part of the act of the police brutality and violence, and and like we we should be outraged about this as well. And if you're only fired up、uh, about racism when it affects Asian American community, then then it's it's not okay um, because um, because it means that you're okay with racism and white supremacy until it inconvenience you. So、um, I'm just wondering, like, where do we start from here? I think it kind of goes back into our history a little bit. And、uh, Diana shared with me an article not too long ago, not article, like a little little post called the Model Minority Complex, a summary of it at least. And it、mm-hmm. kind of speaks to our history of how、uh, Asian Americans were ostracized、uh, in the early. Eras of immigration, and later you know, during the Cold War and after the Red Scare,、um, we we're kind of giving this this really interesting place, the like an offer from from the from the uh, uh, white Americans, and this offer is the model minority identity, right? This idea、yeah. that if 
Asian Americans can come can become the model minority, then it's a way for white Americans. Again, I'm very much generalization generalizing here, right? Uh, there's a way for the white population to say, look, if you were to follow our system, then you also can succeed. However, yeah. the way to think about it is kind of like the Asian Americans are the the secondary managers, if you will, right? <laughs> We're the, um, the assistant, assistant manager. assistant managers, right? Like we think we have power, right? We want to feel like we have power. And the closer we are to becoming white, the more power we feel like we have. But mm-hmm. end of the day, the person, the people that has the power fundamentally are the majority, are white Americans, mm-hmm. right? And this idea that we are to accept a position as assistant managers, but then the top manager, the white folks, are kind of point to the black folks and be like, look, these are like the unemployed and the, the lower class. You're buried in them. If, as long as you're the assistant manager, you're buried in them. And I yeah. think that's where the model minority myth comes from, this idea that, okay, if we just kind of play along, then we're at least better than black people, which we are not, right? No yeah. one's buried in one another, but it's just that's – part of the system we're talking about. And it is about. a it is a perception that that it's uh it's provided right now because living in that structure in, in the structure that it's rewarded um in a in a really like perceptive sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that and that is the the issue that we're talking about today. Like how can what are we as Asian American? How did we feed into the system and how can we break that system hmm. i think when it comes i think f- at least for me personally i think it comes down to um silence right mm. i think and i think you touch upon like it, the bystander effect right? yeah the bystander effect this idea like oh it's not happening to asians uh, we're okay right it's not happening to my family specifically we're okay and we don't want to kind of stick our neck out for other people to you know invite tr- trouble into our life right and I, I hear this a lot um and I feel it too in my own family, and especially because we are immigrants, this idea that this is not our land and we should just kind of tread carefully, mm-hmm. I think is that mindset, right? That trying to placate everybody is what is contributing to the the, the system that maintains white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This like, feel, Go ahead. Yeah. What, what is successful and what is not, what we should do. And what we have to do to keep the system in place. Yeah, maintain the status quo. And of course, yeah, in the maybe, collectivistic oh, yeah. culture, is we're trained since birth to maintain the status quo. But I think when it comes down to it, is if you also look at a lot of the Chinese heroes that like folk heroes that like, you know, we we look up to, like Wang Feihong is a really popular mm-hmm. one, right? I, that guy's awesome. Um, well, he he's an advocate. He's an advocate for justice, right? And so we do have elements in our Asian culture, at least the Chinese culture, that that really looks towards advocacy and speaking out, right? Mm-hmm. But then, of course, after the Maoists took over, right, the communists took over, that was squashed, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about conformity. But I think one helpful thing for us to do is to understand that our culture is multidimensional and there are a lot of role models and opportunities for to speak out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Lee, how mm. how's your clients doing? Like with this week? Um, a lot of despair. I think that's my the the feeling. A lot of my patients are expressing a sense of hopelessness, despair. Mm-hmm. This idea that the the world's burning. Um, I had a very interesting session yesterday with a a twenty one year old young man. Uh, as a he's a, a youth of color, and he talks about how he he thought his adulthood's gonna look one way, but instead everything that he knew is set on fire, and mm. um and he just slowly watching everything crumbling, and we kind of really sat with that feeling for a while, and we then what what came out of that is this idea of trying to clarify exactly what is crumbling or what is being set on fire. And of course, these like oh storefronts and and also like police cars. And what it comes down to at least symbolically for him is that the world as we know it today is being set on fire. And when it comes yeah. down to it, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And he concluded like it's not as bad. It's scary, but maybe you know this this quote for him this fire can be cleansing, right? Maybe yeah. the system is burning. Yeah, like the image of like uh, burning wood, like like you when you talk about that mm-hmm. makes me think about um, Phoenix, the ash- ashes, like my Chinese Chinese like imagery myth mm-hmm. come out mm-hmm. of like Dragon, how can, I get it. yeah, the, you know, like um, like ashes and burn, and then it's reborn, right? Like when mm-hmm. there is something. Um, you know, even as a, with working with a client, you have to like fight fight the the unjust and also fight what's not working with the client and then mm-hmm. like when it breaks down then you could build something up um so i'm i'm thinking about that image as well um but it is really um frightening to be in the middle of the fire right now without knowing when it's going to end and what it will become it is and i think this is where this is where empathy can come in, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when working with a lot of Asian patients, Asian clients, and we're kind of walking around the topic of racism, either Black on Asian um, racism, which is pretty rampant here in San Francisco, um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like one solution to that is to increase empathy. And one thing I do tend to kind of bring up in some of my sessions around racism is this feeling of like, how was it like to feel that hopelessness that like you're in the middle of the fire and then you just can't escape. Well, yeah. I explained that's kind of like how it's like for a lot of these disenfranchised African-American folks, right? They don't have an option to not stick their neck out. Their neck is literally always out, mm-hmm. right? Like they can't, day. Every day, did they stick their neck out every day just to survive? So this idea of that, oh, it's not our problem. We don't need to stick our neck out, right? Just imagine what's like that. Someone's kind of pull your neck out, like your neck's always out, right? Yeah. So what if you were in that position? What do you have to do to make sure you survive? And then I think just even touching on some of that stress that um, our African American brethren are experiencing, right, brings up a lot of discomfort at least in the asian people the asian patients that i work with is oh my oh my god you know that's how bad it is for them 
And I think empathy is where it it needs to come from. Yeah, I think um, like with empathy as well, it's the power of um, knowledge and sharing. Um, I am thinking about my family, right? Like, mm-hmm. how is it to um, change from within? Like, mm-hmm. how can we talk with our own family about um, not to ignore like the anti-blackness which is so like deeply inherited in, in many asian cultures because like you know in china most of the people you know like they're they're they look the same and and like how that is um feeding into into the the issue and so i think standing up and having these kind of like hard topics and hard conversation with family members might be might be something to 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 do yeah and i do encourage you know we all should do it when it's safe to do so right we talk about (laughs) like kind of picking our battles right um yeah yeah having these conversations are hard and i think if you can approach it well the way i do it i approach it from a, a place of curiosity Right. This idea of like, if we stand by and allow this to happen, then it's going to happen to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Like everything that has happened to like one population, one minority population can easily happen to another minority population. It's like, it's kind of like saying, oh, my neighbor's house is burning. It's not my house. I don't have to do anything. You know, it's going to ca- your house is going to catch on fire eventually. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I also want to bring up the one of my favorite people in this world, Jane Elliott, right? The one who did the brown mm. eyes, blue eyes study. Oh yes, I was thinking about that too. The brown yeah. eyes, blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to let Let's give uh, our our audience like a little bit of a uh, context. So Jane Elliott did this experiment. What it's like many many years ago, like maybe fifty years ago. Yeah, fifty like, years ago. Fifty yeah. years ago. Yeah. So what she did is that she um, have, uh, you know, like a, a group of kids uh, in a classroom and she's known for the brown eyes, blue eye exercise with the children, which is telling the children that because you're um, segregating them and like just put like, oh, because you're blue eyed, that's why you get this. And because you're brown eyes, you don't get this. Right. And then it singling out the students based on the eye color of the, 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 the children. And then, um, then there were resist, there were, at first there were resistance among the, the students in the minority group to the idea that like the blue eye kids are better than the brown eye kids. And, but then she tried to like maintain that structure. And then shortly after those resistance are, are fell away. And um, people who are seen as superior, which is the blue eye kids in this case, become more arrogant and bossy and like pretty unpleasant um, to their brown eye counterparts, and the and also the brown eye kids like like sub like becomes more timid and like subject themselves to like these kind of like uh, 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 remarks as well. So so. Like this exercise made us realize that, like by labeling, you know, um, different eye color, which is like there's no superior or inferior in this in this you know um, uh, 
section, but um, it still affects how kids or how people would react. Absolutely, and that's a great summary of it.、Um, kind of going a little bit deeper into that,、um, the one、mm-hmm. that one of the idea here is that the kids that were identify as having this Congo superior eyes, right? Initially,、um, they、uh, did adopt the role of being superior, and they were given special privileges to the point where、uh, I think. By the fourth day or fifth day, that、mm. the Kung Pro superior folks they they're no longer、uh, they're not mindful or like they're no they're not paying attention to their privilege. Like of course I get recess time, right? I, of course I don't have to clean up after recess time. Of course I get more lunch time. Of course I can eat the、uh, eat my meal sitting in the chair where the brown eye folks sit on the floor. Like this is just what's supposed to happen. Like it's. You know, it's enough. But the thing is, as soon as someone kind of steps out of that, maybe a brown-eyed child was sitting on a the table, then you know, oh, you're not supposed to do that,、yeah. right? So I, I, I、yeah. still remember, like,、uh, there was one more twist to it: is that they、uh, she switched it, right? She switched it at the end. At, at the, the end. end, and they right, the, and one thing the, that was identified was that those who were oppressed, they're less likely to to have the same level of oppression. Because, and it kind of comes to the idea that they know what it's like to be in in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Oh, such a good experiment. Yeah, yeah. So, so one thing she did talk about in.、Um, Demonstrating, and this is my family. I have family members who are like, "Oh, you know, oppression is not real. Just look at us. You know how good we are, right?、Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a problem. And all、uh, black people are not being oppressed. It's just they're just doing for、uh, doing this to themselves." I asked them just, and this is a, literally a question that I borrowed from Elliot. And the question is,、uh, would you? Would you spend the rest of your life to be tr-、uh, treated like a black person?、Mm. Like, would you do that? Would you say from this point on for the rest of my life I'll be treated like a black person, right? And then when when I know a lot of people want to hear that, they're like, "Oh no,、uh, I would never do that. Why would I want to subject myself to that?" And I'm like, "See, that's where it is." And this is what Elliot said, like that. That underneath it is you feel it. You feel that being that is one less than is a dangerous identity, right?、Mm-hmm. It's no longer cognitive. It's literally gut in your gut. The more you can get away from that, the better you are. And I think that really comes down to what we're talking about today. This idea that we are all one race. We're all human beings, and it's it's as Asian Americans, I think we should definitely stand up. Um, for our African American brothers and sisters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but shall we end here? We should definitely end here. It's a very heavy topic, and it's not a. It is heavy. It's heavy, heavy and it's not like a light ending. And I, but I don't think I want a light ending today. I think we should stay heavy. Stay heavy. Stay heavy, everybody. Talk to you next week. <laughs>